to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, episode 96, brought to you by Vessi Seeds and Sabres Gardening Products. Well, folks, today we have back once again, guest for you, biologist, educator, farmer, orchardist, uh, permaculture guru, the star of the film uh, documentary, The Permaculture Orchard, uh, a YouTuber, we have Stefan Subkowiak. And he's here to answer your questions and mine regarding pruning. We're doing a whole show on pruning because it's it's around getting to be around the time of year that people um, start thinking about pruning. Stefan, how are you doing and what's new with you? I'm doing great, great, Greg. Uh, yes, pruning season's coming. I, I was there today and looking at the trees and I'm thinking, yeah, I gotta get into it. This is, we just got a foot of snow. So it's makes, I don't like pruning in snowshoes, but it's that kind of weather. I'm sure those those who are listening who are in some of the snow areas there, uh, that's exactly the situation. You got a few big dumps. Yes, well, just uh, well today my wife and kids were home because uh, it was uh, school was canceled because we had a snowstorm in the morning that it all, all cleared up by noon and it was a beautiful sunny day. And then by the time I got home, it was overcast again. We're supposed to get another dump of snow tonight. Um, so it's yeah. I mean, uh, so I mean. I guess I should say to people watching this, I'm recording this, it's it's like uh, February 12th, but this will go up, and I'm doing just doing one a month this year, and it's basically the first Saturday of the month. So this will be like beginning of March or the end of, I think the sa first Saturday, I think the last Saturday of February is February 29th. So I'll put it up on that Saturday so we don't have to wait any longer, because really February is normally 28 days, that's sort of like, not fair <laughs> in a sense so yeah, also just to have it one more week that much earlier because you know I guess that's the first question we should ask uh, Stefan is when should people start thinking about I mean bearing in mind different zones I mean uh, generally speaking our viewers are zone four five six some are three and of course there's people all over the place but uh, um, anyway um, what, what would you what would you say about that I would say, first of all, depends how many trees you have, because it, I, I know some orchardists who start in January and they're not done by May because they have hun over 100 acres. And so, yeah, it depends how many trees you have. If you have five trees, start middle of March or end of March. That's a great time. Uh, so it really depends. You want to wait after the coldest period. That's usually the criteria because you don't want some big cuts on a tree and then get minus 25, minus 30. So that's the first criteria. I, I tend to wait. This year was kind of odd because we really didn't get cold. We had cold in November, then we just had cold last week. Uh, so I've been kind of waiting because I knew it would get colder. and. So any time after the coldest period is good, depending on how many you have, and I guess depending your access. If, if you can prune because there isn't much snow, great, go ahead and do it. If you have to prune in snowshoes, well, you have to prune in snowshoes. Uh, I've had years where I've pruned the very tops of my trees with snowshoes on, and then I came back three weeks later when the snow had melted and I did the bottom half of the tree. Oh, so you could use the snow like a ladder. Exactly. That makes it a lot faster because then you don't need, either you don't need the poles or you just 
don't need a ladder. It's, it's, it's really nice to do that way. Right. Uh, yeah, the other thing is I would say when, whenever you start, start with your biggest trees. Biggest. Yeah. So if you have, you know, you, young trees you just planted, leave them till the end. You don't want to make big cuts on a tree that's not very big. So it's, that's, the, that's kind of the, the rule is start with your biggest standard trees if you have, and then go to semi-dwarf and finish with your dwarf trees. And nobody asked this question, but I might as well ask. If, and I, this is a perfect example because this just last spring, spring 2019, I planted a whip. Um, so what, uh, so I mean, the whip would have been maybe two feet high and now it's maybe four feet high or something like that. Um, should I prune that or should I leave that alone? Well, that's a perfect one, Greg, right there. If you have not pruned it and if you buy a whip, which means exactly what you said, it's two feet high, something that's two, three, even four feet high, and especially has never been pruned, I would just leave it. I wouldn't even touch it. And I wouldn't touch it for years because unless you have uh, a second branch that's gonna become the top and you have two really competing vertical branches, then either you prune it or even better train it. So just bend it out of the angle of going up and you may be able to, and I have a whole block in the orchard that I tested years ago because I had just learned about training versus pruning. And I thought, wow, not pruning <laughs> is fantastic. Right. Like the amount of work it saves is really worthwhile. So do you have to? No. But if you have pruned, you probably will have to, in some capacity, continue at least every two or three years. And so like your situation, I would just leave that tree. Don't touch it. Don't, you know, don't even think about going, because it will branch naturally. It will, however it wants to, because each cultivar kind of has its own characteristic. Right. And so if you don't touch it, you can have a tree that's superbly easy to, to, to manage. So I would only want to prune it years from now when I start seeing the branches shading each other or rubbing against each other, you know, little things like that that I know are going to cause it problems. Chances okay. are, if you don't touch it, you won't even have that happen. <laughs> well, that's, that's the kind of, I mean, shading, yes, some will shade, but the rubbing against each other, it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a photo that somebody would take if you're kind of in the forest and you lie on the ground and you take a picture upwards and you see the tree canopy. And that's, those I've, are amazing. I've taken, I've taken that picture myself. It's, I always, I love laying down in the woods and staring up to the trees like that. I've taken that picture so I can capture that moment. Well, that exact angle, I've always wondered, because when you see those, you see that each tree has kind of its, its own space and the two don't mesh, they don't mix. Each tree has its own area. And it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. It's like they're talking to each other and they right. don't compete on each other's space. Well, if you have never touched the tree, then the branches do the same thing. They each sense, or you know, I guess they do sense because the leaves will touch at some point. And so they probably kind of stop so that they don't rub the other one. 
They seek the light, uh, perhaps. Well, they seek the light, but they seek not to overlap because it's not to the tree's advantage to have two branches basically touching each other, rubbing each other. And sense. so where you do have that, and that's typical of a tree that's been pruned without necessarily uh, knowing the, the art of it, and then you'll get branches crossing, you'll get some touching and so on because you've pruned somewhere on a branch and it's sending out other branches. So if you can, don't touch it in your tree, don't touch it at all. Okay. Wait three, four, five years and see, and it probably will be very good, very easy and without any maintenance and in pruning. I can't wait to see how this one, it says sweet 16 variety, which from everything I've heard is supposed to be really delicious. Um, so I'm, I'm, I can't and wait. And if you don't touch it, if you don't prune it, it will produce sooner. Mm. Like you save one, maybe two years. The problem is when you start pruning, especially if you, if you do anything about touching that, that whip branch, you know, the, the, the one in the middle, uh, you'll delay it instantly by one or two years because as soon as you cut the whip, it will send out secondary branches, but it will slow down the, the terminal uh, growth. Anyway. Oh, I'm glad I asked you. I, I, I love cutting things. The first year I got my trees in my garden, I got those five trees and I, I just watched a bunch of documentaries on pruning and I got all, you know, sheer happy. And uh, I freaked one of them up really bad. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, the whole tree is, is, some of it's alive and some of it's dead. It's really never, it's, it's slowly come back from, I think I took too much from it. The other one's okay. The other one, you know, we had a hurricane, Hurricane Dorian, and it pushed uh, all my apple trees right down to the ground. <laughs> oh, anyway, enough about me. Okay, so uh, let's get started with the questions. Um, so the first question is from, I'm just going to read these people's YouTube names or their Facebook names, uh, To The Hut must be a Star Wars fan. Um, I have a question about pruning stone fruit trees. I don't know a thing about stone fruit trees. Um, I have read to prune to an open center, which would leave me with a very sad tree. Are there any disadvantages to keeping the center leader and clearing the chimney, etc.? Is the open center specific to stone fruit? Does it have any advantages? Next question. I'm just looking because this is... This is the French version of this book. Okay. <laughs> and this, the English one is novel concepts in tree fruit or, or in fruit tree pruning, something like that. This one is, I would really say it's the best one in the world because it's based on observation and study of the, the way the tree grows naturally. And they do have a chapter on all this. So they'll have a chapter on cherries, on apricot, on peaches, and so on. I, I've tried growing peaches, and they keep dying in the winter. So we're not in peach country. Cherries, a little different. Uh, Are those stone fruit? Is that what that means? Yeah, because oh, they have so a stone. They have a pit in the middle, uh, as okay. opposed to apple and pear, which are called uh, pip, pip okay. or seeds. Right, so apricot, things like apricot, that. Apricot, peaches, cherries are, are, are stone fruit. Uh -huh. um, in our climate, because the trees don't really go crazy, I would say certainly try central leader, which means one trunk. 
because the tree probably won't grow in our climate to be, you know, so high. I might be wrong. I mean, I'm, I've, I've never even visited the uh, Annapolis Valley peach growing area. That's about the only place that you would probably get peaches in the east. Uh, but certainly from what I've seen with cherries as well, a central leader, everything, it makes it so much easier because a tree naturally has a central leader dominance. And it's a little confused when you start having two, three, four, you know, if you have four stems or let's say, like you said, open means a vase shape. So you'll have four stems coming out. Well, what happens is when you have the open in the middle, you'll have a lot of what's called reiterations or, or, or branches that want to become the leader and they'll happen towards the center. So you end up, you really end up with a lot of pruning that way, as opposed to if the middle is the boss or the leader, then everybody else radiates out from the leader. And it just, a tree is made to grow, most of our trees are made to grow one stem. And then that dictates everything else. Right. And so I would say get the book, read the, different, the chapters on it, um, what was the name but, of the book in English again? Uh, novel Concepts in Fruit Tree Growing. And the authors, you see that? Uh, Jean-Marie Lespinasse and Evelyn Leterme. Yeah, I can see that. So I've, I've taught courses with Evelyn for a long time, but I learned from uh, Dr. Lespinasse. He's the one who really... <laughs> I had been teaching pruning for 15 years and then I followed a one week course with him and I thought, Oh my God, I didn't know anything. Like <laughs> it's very humbling when you, when you learn from somebody who's really mastered it so well uh, that like to us, one of the things I realized he would walk into an orchard and he'd just look at the trees, a few glances, and he would say, what happened here three years ago? You had, you know, did, what, was it, what happened? Did you have a frost or did you have too much fruit? And it's like, what? How do you know that? Well, he says, you look at the branch and you see that the, the secondary and the tertiary, there's, there's a disconnect. It's like, what? He, he knew so well what the tree had gone through. Like he could go back and see the history. And so when you see, and one of the things I love in his book let me get to, where's cherry, for example. Cherry is, he has all these drawings. Uh, so you'll have these drawings like this. And all those are based on, he actually sat in front of each tree for eight years and drew the reaction of the tree over an eight year period. So it's like, what? And he's a really good uh, artist. So he would have to look exactly how that bud is placed next to that one and understand why did that bud grow like that? Because this last year it had fruit and so on. So he, he understood the reaction and this was on trees that had never been pruned. Right. So he was looking what's the natural reaction or the natural progression of that tree. And like you said, you get 
prune happy. And I, I know because when spring comes around, it's like, oh, I want to get out there and I want to prune because it's just, you want to go outside. Sometimes I think just take your pruners and go for a walk in the woods and get it out of your system. Because if you go in front of your trees and you want to prune your trees, you'll probably be doing more harm than good often. Uh, and he was always saying it like for a week, you heard him say, put away your secateurs, put away your pruners. Like what? We're here to learn pruning. And he showed us the logic of how the tree does, like they, they went there, the logistics of how he developed these techniques were from, they were forced to really reduce the labor cost in orchards in France because the, the minimum wage had gone up that it was equivalent of $20 an hour. And you think, are you gonna spend 40 hours on a hectare in an orchard? That becomes totally uneconomical if you spend that much time. Fast forward about 10 or 15 years later after his work, the average of what they're doing now is about one hectare a day per person. So a hectare is, is anywhere from 900 trees to 2,000 trees. You think, can you imagine? Like, how long are you spending per tree? Well, maybe a third of your trees, you're just looking at them and pass. Look, pass. Because once you learn these principles, you go, this one, there's nothing here that I need to correct. The only thing you're doing is corrective you're letting the tree do all the work and just if it needs something you intervene and that's where he says you know put away your secateurs we have a oh i want to get in there i want to cut some branches <laughs> i gotta get that book <laughs> it's amazing it really is i mean that's why we put together also we we did a we launched it uh this this fall or actually for christmas we launched it and it's the pruning course, which is based on what I learned from him. And it, it's really to get you comfortable with pruning because so many people want to prune, but they, like, what are you pruning? Why are you pruning it? Where are you pruning? Uh, do you know if, what will do? And it's, it's that ability to project the future and understand the past. And that's the, really the strength. When you look at a tree and you see, oh, You've got a lot of suckers. Well, you, first of all, you know why you had suckers. And then if you do, you know how to tame them. I, I like to say it's taming the suckers. Right. So it, there's, yeah, there's so many things. Let's get to your next question. Okay. Okay. So the next one's from uh, Doug Whitmore. And he said he'd like to know more about pruning pear trees. Uh, specifically, what's the best advice for keeping them fairly short when they naturally want to shoot straight up? Yeah, pear trees do want to climb. Um, My guess is that he doesn't, maybe he doesn't want to use a ladder and he wants to right. sort of keep them like within reach. I, I don't, I'm guessing. Fairly I, would, I would say the, the, yeah, short. I have seen people prune the heck out of them, like a, like a, a bush, <laughs> and they do get some pears out of them. Uh, I always like to say, you know, did you ask the pear tree how it likes that? 
<laughs> but on the other hand, I have, and one of the things that really changed my view of it was when I went to the Montreal Botanical Gardens has a big Chinese garden of bonsais. And I saw a, a bonsai tree that was maybe, you know, uh, 60 centimeters high. And the tree was 150 years old. And I recognized the tree. It was it was one of the maples and I thought, wait a minute, that maple will grow in great conditions, will grow to be a hundred feet tall or, you know, it would, in 150 years probably. And I thought, that's incredible. How can this tree be so stunted, bonsai? And I, I, that really brought home the whole aspect that the I like to say that trees are really just clay in our hands and we can shape them to do whatever we want them to do. So you can prune them, but I would say the simplest in terms of reducing the long-term work depends. If you have one pear tree and you're going to spend, I've heard of people spend three hours on a tree. It's like, for me, that's inconceivable because <laughs> there's no way with a couple of thousand trees that I can spend an hour per tree. Yeah. So if you want and you have the time like that, you can simply take the branches and bend them, uh, arc them. Uh, we have to be careful with pears because they're the only ones that are uh, contrary to the rule that normally if you take a branch and you bend, like a branch that's whatever angle, and you bend it, you want to bend it below horizontal yeah. from the main trunk. Yeah. But pears are the exception. You don't want to bend it below horizontal or it will send out shoots. And I learned that because I was saying, oh, okay, this technique is great. I'll do it on my pear trees. And I bent them below horizontal and all of a sudden I get all these suckers and I think, no, if you bend it below horizontal, you shouldn't get suckers. And I couldn't understand. So I went back to the book and he says, yes, it works for all the trees except pear trees. <laughs> That's nature, full of exceptions. There's always an exception. So be yeah. careful with pear trees. They will naturally go up and then arc below. So you'll naturally have them curving. So that's what you want to simulate with your several trunks. You want to take them and arc them. So that's one way to keep them lower. Right. Another way is uh, a technique uh, called uh, Arcure Lepage. It was developed in the 1800s by a, a Mr. Lepage. And it basically meant you take your trunk and you, you arc it, so you bend it. So you'll have your trunk and it'll be bent. And then it will reiterate. So you take your second shoot and you arc it the other way. And then you take your, you'll arc it. And so you end up getting a real zigzag pattern to your tree. But instead of being 25 feet, it'll only have gone 10 feet because it goes back and forth so many times. Huh. So one of my interns, uh, that's the way he trained his pear trees. And it was neat to see, like they really want to, if you bend it, they really want to shoot up again. And then he'd take that one and bend it down. So he, the main trunk ends up taking a long sinuous path. And that's one way to do it because each time it bends, then you'll get other branches come out. So there are other techniques used um, because in France, pear trees grow to be 30 feet high. 
or 35 feet. So yes, you don't want to be using a ladder to pick that. And I can understand that. <laughs> 30 feet. Uh, okay. Uh, next question is from uh, Joachim Damkas. And he's, I hope I didn't butcher the name too bad. Uh, he says he has a question. Um, uh, got an, two enormous plum trees that I really want to cut down to about half their height. They cast a lot of shadow over my vegetable garden. I guess so he wants to bring some light in on the veg garden. Uh, is it possible or will the trees die off or be shocked? The trees are around 50 years old and produce a lot of fruit every second year and are at least six to seven meters high and wide. That's pretty big. Yeah. Um... That's like 36, 40 feet for people that are imperial. <laughs> Give or take. I would say be very careful with pears, uh, with plums. Uh, plums out of all the fruit trees we can grow are the ones that will have the most, uh, I could say violent reaction to a big pruning. Oh. Means they will send out shoots that will be two meters, you know, uh, six feet high in a year. Wow. If you cut that amount back, if you say, you know, it's seven meters high and you want to cut it to half, you're going to get some pretty tremendous regrowth. What I would say, uh, the usual rule is you could cut it back by about a third. And so, so, so work it back in year well, annual you, in stages over. You can't really years. go in stages. Like if the tree right now is seven, so 30%, so you're gonna cut it down by about two meters or six feet. So what I would say is you take your tree that's up there and it's got some big branches. So if, it's, if this is your trunk and you have a big branch coming out here, then you can cut it right here. So you can cut this top off. You have to realize here, you will have really tremendous shoots coming up, but you can do that if you have like a, six foot piece or two meter extension to the tree, then you could cut it back. So you have to cut it back to a branch, never cut it back. You have this, you know, thing like this and you say, yeah, I'm just gonna cut it here. No, cause what'll happen is if you cut it here and it has no big branches to take up the, the flow, you will actually kill it back to there pretty well. It will die back to about where there was a branch. And that's even worse because then you'll start a rot down the center of the tree. So that's why I cut it to a big branch if possible. Uh, you have to look at the tree, you think, well, I can't really get six feet. I can get five feet. Well, do that. And what happens is it's a way to prune it without shocking the tree into going back to a juvenile stage. So you really don't want your tree to go juvenile, to, just like, you know, people, there is a juvenile stage where you'd think they, they or pre-juvenile if you want, where they can't reproduce. And so they're just going to grow, grow, grow. And the same for a tree. There's a stage at which all it's doing is growing. So it completely aborts all the flowers. It aborts all the fruit. And if you get that, it'll do that for two years and it'll grow even more than what it is right now. Because right now, it's been halted or stopped by the production of fruit. So I would say, yeah, be careful. 
cut it to a big branch and you can, uh, but realize that you may even have to come back that summer and just keep taking off some suckers, right, uh, which right. will really be wanting to grow a lot or flatten them. Like you can without cutting them off. Cause if you cut them, you usually have another one coming. So just, I like to just put my hand on them and just crack them, break them. So that instead of being like this, the suckers are just bent down. And once they're bent down, they won't come back up. So that way you, you cause that the, if your suckers were here and you had four suckers coming up and you, and you bent them down, you won't have any of these come back up. They'll all grow. And that's what you want. You want that energy to go into some branches. And that way around where you made a big cut, you get branches which help heal the wound uh, without causing them to really make that top go again. I see. Okay, that's good advice. Um, all right, next question is from uh, Lavender Crow. Uh, love pruning, can't wait to, oh, um, sorry. Uh, this was just a general comment, but the person loves pruning and they can't wait to listen to us. So, sorry, that wasn't a question. Um, I just copied the whole thing into a, a Word document here. So, um, this one is um, uh, Evel Gray Tarot. Uh, says, uh, I pruned an apple tree the first year I moved here. It freaked out and quit flowering even after five years. No blooms, no fruit, and I think it's going to die now. I will never prune anything ever again unless I just hate the plant and want to kill it. <laughs> so it was more of a comment, but I thought it was a good one because it sort of tees up the question like, um, you know, the necessity of pruning, how necessary it is, and what is it possible what could have happened with this tree where the the pruning uh was the thing that uh shut it down and will the tree come back it'll come back you have to i would really say that that's what we did for we have for the pruning course we have our first video i call it the it's called how to prune fruit trees the quick and dirty and it really explains that principle that i just said about juvenile, juvenile. And, what with that shock and it went freaked out freaked out means it went from a productive tree it went back to a juvenile stage so it'll just grow and grow and grow vegetative or branches right. but they will not be productive branches for many years even after five years it's still not working right so and i suspect when she says it looks like it's gonna die there was probably cuts where they shouldn't have been which is like I said, if you have the main trunk and you just cut at a trunk, yeah, that, that's not the way to do it. You will certainly stimulate the tree to rot on the inside. So right. there are a few simple things, and that's why I just go, go see that video, How to Prune Fruit Trees. It explains, like you think, wow, that's so simple. And it is so simple. Pruning isn't meant to be complicated. You just have a few steps you want to understand. And I say somebody who has especially abandoned trees. I don't know if that was one of your questions, but we're, often- we're don't, don't kill it. We got that one coming okay. up too. <laughs> All right, let's, let's wait till we get to that one. Okay. Um, yeah, which is an, another natural question. Um, this, this next question is pretty uh, simple one. Uh, Susie Awalt says, uh, I would like to know uh, when to prune elderberry bushes. Yeah, good question. Um, 
Well, they're a shrub. I would still prune them in the spring, but you really have to prune them while there's still snow on the ground. While they're dormant or some state of Well, dormant. even like really dormant with snow on the ground because they start to shoot while there's still ice around them. Like right. they really come up early. Uh, and as every shrub, I would look, depends how it's led because you can get uh, elderberry that's, Usually it's a shrub, so it's multi-stemmed coming from the base. Some people train them to one kind of one stem, and that's okay too. But usually the rule is for most shrubs, uh, you want to take out the oldest uh, pieces of wood. So if it's a shrub and you look and there's, you know, some that are obviously much bigger than the others and older, just re renew it because uh, an elderberry produces uh, on the new growth. So you want vigorous new growth. You don't want just a little growth on the end of a branch, although you will get production, but you'll get the biggest, really big flowers and big fruit clusters on new growth. Right. So you want to cut out those oldest stems. Right. That's, that's really the simplest for a shrub is just keep, renewing it every year or every two years take out one or two or three of the oldest branches and just keep letting it come up with new vigorous growth that'll produce in a year or that year or in, in usually it'll be in the second year or third year so that would apply to blueberries and other things yep. like that yeah all right uh, actually this this next question goes right to the point you made previously um this is from tammy lomax uh, i have a very old and overgrown apple tree Actually, it looks like one tree, but it's two trees very close together. I don't even know where to start pruning this tree. It still has a lot of fruit on it, and I believe it's approximately 80 years old or more. Um, I wasn't even sure if I should prune it or just leave it alone. So I guess it's not been pruned, maybe ever, <laughs> or for a while, you know, I don't know. That's a great example of, like I said, how, the, the video, just go see that YouTube one, How to Prune Fruit Trees on my YouTube channel because it, it used the first step. There's three steps to pruning and just on an old tree like that, just clear a chimney. And if it's a huge tree, your chimney might be one meter from the trunk. Like I use, I use my body as a measure. So if I say, okay, can you, sorry, you know. Just, can you, can you um, uh, for those, some people don't know what you mean when you say chimney, maybe you can, you can explain yeah. that concept a bit too. So it's just like you imagine a chimney. So it's a column that goes up. Now imagine placing the trunk of your tree in the middle of this column. Right. And you have a clear space, like a chimney, you know, there's, it's an opening. So right. that's what you want. And just like a chimney, and the reason they called it a chimney is because it allows air to go up, move, right. and it allows light to come down. So we're talking about like, an imaginary cylindrical perimeter that goes up the central leader. Exactly. Right. So yeah. for a really old tree, you probably have lots of dead branches right on that main trunk. So I would say for, for most people, an old abandoned tree, just focus on clearing a chimney because once your chimney is done, you have light enters the center 
and that light will stimulate, if there is gaps, it will stimulate new branches to come out of the trunk because there's latent buds and it'll wake up those buds and then they'll grow. Or it will, if you have your main trunk and you have a big branch coming off of it, but now with the chimney allowing light, you'll get new branches happening, you know, uh, a meter and a half from the trunk. There'll be new branches which won't grow really strong, but they'll be there and in two, three years, they will produce fruit. So it's, it's a beautiful technique. I, when I learned it, I, I went through the whole orchard with that. And the nice thing about a chimney is once you do it once, you may, and I usually do it about every five years because you don't need to do much more than that. Once it's cleared out, it'll stimulate new branches. Right. But it doesn't go crazy on the inside, but it really, the whole thing is you want whatever branch you're keeping, you want the whole branch to produce, not just the very end. And an old abandoned tree, usually your tree is just producing on the very end of the branches. Right. And so the chimney opens up light and it will start producing from the core again, which is long time, a lot of dead branches in there, I bet. And so just doing the chimney, it will, it will really stimulate the tree. I mean, if you can go on to, I'd say even the third step, which is just clean up the underneath of the branches. And uh, that's why I say it's, it's a really easy three-step approach. And when they taught me that, I had always thought, you know, I'd, you learn all these things about pruning. You do this, you do that, you do. It's like, wow, there's 15 ideas running through. Right. And I would stand before a tree and I was like, oh, you know, what, where do I start? Exactly what the question, where do I start? And what I liked so much about their technique is, is they designed it to be, they could take any farm workers, teach them in, a, in an hour, here's the three steps. Practice a few of the first one, clear a few chimneys. You got it? Okay. Here's the second step. Select your 15 branches. How do you select them? You got that? Okay. Here's your third step. Clean up every branch you've left by removing everything that's underneath the branch. There you go. One, two, three. It's like, that's all there is to it? Yeah, that's all there is to it. And it just, yeah, it makes it so much easier. And that's why I put that one as the quick and dirty because it's like, what? Three steps and you're done. Maybe yes. I'll get you, like, um, when this is over, email me a link to that specific video. Um, People, people ask me all the time, can you do a pruning video? Can you do a pruning video? And I haven't done one because I, I don't feel, I'm still playing around and learning it. And I'm still making mistakes and learning from them and watching videos like your, your content. So uh, I haven't done a video on it because I don't really feel like I'm. Um, I, I just in, put it in their chat. There. Oh, I just saw that thing blink. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like I'm, you know, uh, I'm the guy to do that, generally speaking. Um, yeah, this is a like it was, one very focused sort of topic sort of thing. Like I, I if uh, if you watch this one and you just you'll see you'll get it. Yeah. Because it's in a format and it, because like I can't remember more than three things. So if I heard that, I said that is simple. I mean that makes it really simple. So it's it's easy to remember so that when you're going to do it, you go okay, where do I start? Well, let's start with the chimney. Mm -hmm. So like she's got this big tree. Don't look at anything else. Don't touch a branch. 
just clear every, and then you have to understand what's a branch. Well, I, I define it as anything that hasn't grown at least a foot or 30 centimeters. You know, that's not a branch. So it's like, well, it grew a little bit. Yeah, get rid of it. Don't worry about it. Take it off. It's, you don't want that on the trunk. Right. All you want on the trunk are branches because you go, right. well, but we got all these, you know, spurs off the trunk. Yeah, if it's at the very top where the branch is already curving over, you can have spurs growing. That's fine. But if it's on the trunk the whole way down, just take all that off. You go, oh, that's a lot of things off. Yeah, and it'll do a huge job of opening up the inside of your tree. I guess this would be bearing in mind this 30% this rule about removing material from a tree, no more than 30%. Yeah, but I've never seen a chimney. I don't even think I've seen a chimney with more than 10%. You're just talking about the rubbish plant branches that are growing sort of. Yeah, right. And basically. on a big old tree, most of that are dead. Right. Like they're right. in there. They're, they're shading the trunk, but they're dead. So just take almost everything off that isn't a main branch and you'll see a huge difference. And then the, the part of the chimney is, you know, you want to clear. So a big tree like that, if it's, if it's a 20 foot or a 25 foot tree, if it's 80 years old, it's, it's up there, it's a big tree. You want that chimney to be at least four feet across. So you have the trunk, it has a branch, and it has another branch. So on each of these branches, you want two feet of that branch, even maybe three feet of that branch cleared of really? everything. So there's nothing, you don't leave any branches, you don't leave spurs, you clear it so that there's very little to shade or to prevent airflow. Huh. And that airflow is really important because on an old tree like that, uh, often they get diseased just because there isn't a good airflow in that big old tree. Right, can't dry itself out and get exactly. some heat and some sunlight and some just some wind going or some sort of airflow. Yeah, right. I didn't know you you cleared that far, but I guess so. So when you're not talking about cutting the branches off, you're saying the branches going out. You're just taking off the the sort of sub branches that are Right. Yeah, so yeah. that you end up right, with a trunk. Yeah. You end up with a trunk and branches, but on those branches, it's just the just the branch. Like there's nothing on there. It's bare for the first three it's, feet. It's, it's bare, right. right. So okay. if you did a, let's say a three feet, well, you have three feet one way and three feet the other way. Now you have a six foot chimney. Yes. And you will really wake that tree up because, wow, there's some lights coming in the middle of that tree. So it's, I, if you have, a, you say, oh, that worked okay. I have a little tree, you know, that's this big. Now I'm supposed to clear three feet. No, <laughs> you start off. It, there, there is a, and I was looking for the formula because they did give us a formula trunk to give to you the ratio or something. Right. So the bigger the trunk, you know, if you when you if you can't put your arms around the tree that big of a trunk, then you can give it a three foot on each side chimney. You know, that's two meters or a six foot chimney. Yeah. But it's a huge tree. Yeah, so yeah. your branches are probably 20 feet out. And so, yeah, it needs a big chimney. Right. That's okay. Well, that's good advice. Um, this one's from uh, Joan Jensen. Um, she says, I'd like to know, is it actually necessary to prune? How much less fruit per tree or bush would you get if you just let nature do its thing? 
I realized that would diff, this would differ from species to species, but maybe just as, as a rule of thumb, like is, is, yeah, is there a loss in productivity? Do you have to do it? That's right. As a rule, you will not get any reduction if you don't prune. In fact, if you don't prune, you'll have 100% of your yield. Okay, let's say your tree could produce 150 uh, kilos of fruit or your bush could produce two kilos of fruit. So if you don't prune, you'll get 150 kilos of fruit on that tree divided into 600 fruit. So, or, or there, uh, or, or let's say a thousand fruit. I know where you're going with this, okay. So you'll get the same weight of production, yes. but your fruit may be this big, and if you pruned and you end up with 30% less fruit or 50% less fruit, but they'll be this big. So that is one of the main reasons people prune is to get the size up and to get the color. Because if, if you've noticed like that lady who had an 80 year old apple tree, I'm sure the majority of those fruit probably are ripe, but they're green. There's, there's not enough light for them to get red. And for many uh, apple cultivars, they need a, a, an amount of light to actually get red. So that's kind of one of the reasons. So that's why, is it wrong to not prune? No, it's not wrong to not prune. Uh, it just really depends. Why are you pruning? Like, what do you want? You don't have to prune. Like if you've never started and your tree has never been pruned, I would say, just leave it. If you really want to prune, go help somebody who has trees, <laughs> but don't prune yours and right. it'll make it so much easier. Like you yeah. want to prune, but that you have to figure what's your goal. If your goal is I want to get out in the spring and I understand because, hey, pruning is great. You can start your gardening season before you can do anything else. Yes. You can't dig. The ground is still frozen, but you could be out there pruning. So your goal is the exercise and getting outside. Nothing wrong with that. That's the goal of your trees is to provide you with entertainment, exercise, you know, sunshine. That's a valid goal. Then know why are you pruning them? You know, yes for that, but are you pruning them to get bigger fruit, to get more fruit? So a tree is clay. You know, it'll do whatever you want it to do. You have to really realize what do you want out of it? What, right. What's it for? Right. That's good advice. Um, uh, this one, the next one's from uh, Fallon Wilson. Uh, she says, uh, we have an old uh, overgrown orchard with trees that have grown large and wild for, possi for possibly 30 years or more. Uh, how much can we prune off to bring them back to production? Well, the basic rule is you could take off a third of the volume. That's not as always as simple because 30% of the volume might be on a big old tree, might be two branches. You've cut two branches, but I mean on a, you know, two branches like this is a third of the volume. You say, well, how do you know? It's like, imagine all the leaves in the tree and now you've taken off a third of the leaves. Yeah. It could be two branches, it could be eight branches. You know, you can do it in many ways. I like the, the Pareto principle, which is 80-20. 80% 80 
and it really applies for pruning. So 80% of the cuts you make will give you 20% of the results. So like, imagine hey, you do all these pruning and you get this much results. Right, think, right. Come on. Or 20% of the cuts you make give you 80% of the results. So your old trees, and I, I can say that because I've tried it. When I learned this, I didn't have a lot of time that spring because we, we learned it in like in March. And by the time we had done the course, I thought, geez, you know, th it's getting late in the season. So I thought, what, how can I prune my whole orchard block in the quickest time possible? So I said, all right, I know it needs pruning to learn, like based on what I learned. And I said, okay, I can only prune two branches per tree. That's it. Like, all of a sudden you go, what? I can only make two cuts, two cuts per tree. You think, well, how can I do that? How can I prune my orchard with two cuts per tree? You look and you think, I can make 15 cuts. Yes, sometimes you can make 50 cuts, you know, but it'll only equal two cuts. So that 80-20 is really it. You want to focus on the 20% of cuts that'll give you the biggest difference. And often in a big old abandoned tree, you have to look at your tree and all you focus on, look at the trunk, clear the chimney. That Don't even count that because that's what it helps you. The other thing the chimney helps is it all of a sudden it exposes the main silhouette of the tree. Now you can see the tree because when you have so many branches, especially in the core, you can't even really make out what's, you know, what's going on with this tree. Clear the chimney. Now you can see. Now you look at the tree and you go, all I'm looking at, and this is what I did over three years, I completely changed that orchard from a lot of work. Now I only prune it about every second year because all I was looking at is I'd look at the trunk and I'd go, okay, look it up and down. And that's one of the the videos I show you how to look at a tree. I mean, it's, it's really, you have to be able in a glance, like you stand there and you look up and down. Okay, I know what I have to do to this tree. So I would look up and down and all I was looking for is, I'm looking for the branch with the most vertical angle. So if you say I have 15 branches on the tree, I didn't look anywhere except along the trunk. I'm not looking down on the, no, I don't wanna touch the, don't bother. And, and that's what uh, Jean-Marie Lespinasse was always saying. He says, leave the integrity of the branch. Integrity means let that branch, and a branch does, he explained it as a hand, you know? You got your, sh you're the trunk. Then you got your shoulder, which is the junction of that branch. And you want the shoulder to actually have a branch going down. And then when you get to the end, you have a branch. And just like us, and it's amazing how a tree is like us. So you want a branch that's like this. You want the end of the branch to have multiple branches fanning out. And if you look at a tree, the only way it can have branches all around the tree is if the branches, as they get further from the tree, they fan out, they okay. open up. Yeah. So you look at that, and this is where he said, don't touch the integrity of the tree because we want to go in there and, oh, I think this one should go. And I think this one should go. And no, no, no don't no. bother with that. Don't mess with the branch. The branch has probably grown really well. It's optimized. It, 
Sorry? It's optimized. It is. Yeah. And that's where that third step is. If you want to touch the branch and the only thing you do on the branch is remove everything that's underneath. And that's so easy to do because I do it with a big, heavy glove. And you just run your glove under it. Bang, it breaks everything off. You don't even cut it unless it's a, a branch because none of those are really any worthwhile because they're all shaded. So you cut all that off. Bang, all of a sudden your branch has had a, a, a pruning without any thinking, oh, which one do I touch? And so you look at your tree up and down, you look at the branch angle, and how I was able to make two cuts is I would take, I'd say, okay, I have some branches like this, I have some like this, some like this, and some like this. So yeah. that's my range of branches. And all I do by looking up and down is I'd say, I want to cut off two branches that are the most vertical. So I went the first year from trees that were mostly like this, and then I take those off. Now I'm left with some that are kind of like this, like they're no longer like this, they're like this. The next year I take those off. Now I'm left with what? Branches that are like this. And in the third year I took those off. Now all I'm left with is branches that are like this. Well, I tell you that completely changed the orchard because I look at the tree and I go, look at it up and down. There's, there's nothing that I need to, I don't need to do anything on that tree. That makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense actually. It, it, it really, you know, that, that's why I say go see that video because it, it makes you realize it's not that complicated, but you have to understand from the tree's perspective. Yes. And so I talk about hormones. I'm not a, I think I talk about in that one, but anyway, the whole hormonal effect of juvenile and adult and so on. And there's some important points, but when you get them, it really takes the, I say it takes the guesswork. The best is when you go and you go to prune and you go, if I cut this, I know this will happen. So that yeah. ability to project the next two, three years, that takes all the, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. You look at a tree and you go, I know exactly what this tree is going to do. Right. And that comes with, I mean, it comes a bit with practice, but yeah. it comes with understanding the principles and, and knowing how the tree will react. Right. That's and great. the simplest for that is the whole sucker thing, you know? Anyway, there's a whole, there's a whole section on suckers because that's one of the most common problems people have is suckers and they don't understand why they have suckers. Right. And it's, it's so easy. It's really a question of branch angle. And uh, anyway, let's hit For another every tree one. Except uh, what was that one that, was it a plum or a pear or apricot? You were saying that. Uh, the pear. Pear. <laughs> That's a different one. Uh, okay, this is a bigger question. Um, so uh, this is from Howard Vespers. Um, he says, uh, I prune my elderly neighbor's old farm orchard, goes back to the late 1800s. She has a, a prune plum tree, prune and prune plum, I guess that's some type of plum, I guess. She has a prune plum tree, which was there when she got married and moved there almost 70 years ago. It's finally giving up the ghost. I thought last year would be its last, but surprisingly it's still alive. Uh, one half died and was cut off, and the trunk is split down the middle. Stands about 15 feet tall, and I don't know if it's grafted onto rootstock or not. 
I checked some small, small branches last week and they're still green under the bark. I've taken several cuttings off and I'm trying to get them to root in water with some pussy willow cuttings, which are already rooting. I'm going to take some more cuttings and try to root them in a pot of soil using hormones. I'm not crazy about the idea of grafting, but I may try that too. Do you have any advice that could help increase my chances of success? I guess he wants to save this tree. Yeah. Uh, if she goes to my YouTube channel, I have a video, Spring Grafting. Right. And it's for apple, but it'll be the exact same applies for plum. Uh, I would say the rooting for plum, she can do it, try it. I won't hold my breath on the success because they're really quite hard to root. But certainly take some pieces of wood because that's a shame to waste that one. If it's a really a, a tree that's lived that long, that's one you want to save. You go, yeah, that's, that's a tree that's going to be really good. So you would want to get some scions or some of that new growth and graft it onto another plum tree doesn't matter which one just graft it on some plum and save that one so yeah you i would say it's grafting it's the the technique to use spring grafting is great uh this actually this perfectly tees up a question i wanted to ask okay. uh, perfect segue is is the whole thing about grafting when do you cut your scion wood what time of year um how do you hang on to it and when do you attach it back to the tree um, yeah, like what's, what's the, what's the window of time where you would, where you would remove scion wood? I, I've tried grafting a couple times. I failed. <laughs> right. So well, I don't you, really know what I'm doing. It, it's really, it's not that hard. It's a recipe. So I like to say grafting is a lot like baking. Actually all propagation is a lot like baking. You know, you have a recipe, you have step one, two, three, you wanna follow those steps as closely as possible and not try, well, I'm gonna just try. You can just try, but every time you deviate from the recipe that's proven, your success will decrease. Right. And so for grafting, you wanna remove or take some of your new growth. That's the first thing. You have to have new growth so the terminal shoots. You can't, don't take two or three year old and if you don't know how to identify, in the video that I said, the spring grafting, spring I show grafting. you how to identify the age of a tr uh, branch, and that's really important. I talk about it in the pruning course as well. And you want to take just the new growth. Sometimes on a really old tree, that new growth, and we've grafted, it was this big. Like this is all that grew at the end. It's, it's not even a centimeter. So when we graft that on, they all flower, like the little bud that you grafted all flowered because they are all flowering pieces of wood, but that's all that grew. So you take that anytime you're in lengthening days. So you could start January, but you want to get it February, March is your really good time. If right. you have to take it in April and you could even go as late as say May, depending on where you are, but you can take it and graft it that same day. Oh, okay. possible. I wanted to ask that, so that's perfect. Yeah, so you can. Is that timing is, is really critical. You don't want that bud to be greening. You don't want it to already be popping, because if you do and that bud's already started to grow, it'll dry out too fast. So it has to be dormant. That bud cannot have expanded. So that's the first thing. So March is a good, I like to gather my 
scion wood when I'm pruning because you're pruning and you, oh, here's a, a nice tree because you want to select from a good healthy tree. So you take that and gather it up. So you take your one year pieces, cut, you know, whatever you can, cut 10 pieces because if you're going to get one, may as well get 10. And then you'll have the luxury if somebody goes, oh, you have some of that? Yes, I do. You want some. Uh, so you gather it, put it in a Ziploc bag. I used to, and in, in one of the videos I did, I put a technique that I had learned where you wrap it in uh, moist towels, but I forgot that I learned that technique for summer grafting. So mm. moist towels important when it's in leaf or it's green, but when it's dormant, you don't want to moisten it. So I'd made the mistake and I put in the video that I said, put it in moist towels, but it doesn't, you don't want it moist. You just want it dry pieces put in a bag and put in the, in the same place as you keep your vegetables and the crisper is ideal in the bottom the of the fridge in a Ziploc bag. Close yeah, you right want, it's closed right up. You don't want it to lose any moisture. It doesn't have much moisture to start with. Right. And if you really want to make sure, because maybe it's a tiny little branch, if you can just put a drop of wax on the end just so it doesn't lose moisture. You'll have to cut that end off because it'll probably have burned it. But in a way, just so it doesn't lose any moisture. And then, right. um, so that, put it in the fridge, keep it cold. You can take it out. I have graft that as late as uh, the end of June. So usually uh, early May is a great time in our part of the world. Right. So take your, just as the, the buds are just starting to swell on the trees, it's a great time. You really don't want to be pruning. Some people do earlier, but if we're going to get a minus, you know, a minus eight or minus 10, that's cold enough that your little piece that you've grafted on might actually dry. Yes. So if you put five or six grafts, no big deal. You take a, take a paper bag for the night and just put it over your graft so it, the frost doesn't hit it as hard. Right. Otherwise, if you do it in, let's say early May, mid-May. Uh, so you take your scion out of the fridge, you cut the piece you want grafted on. Is it, you know, it's like any technique, Greg. If the first time is the most daunting, you think, oh, this seems so mysterious. But people after, talk about it and they're like, oh, this is, I just plug it in. Just, and then you, and of course, like anything in gardening, you try it. Well, it takes a year to realize you did it wrong. <laughs> Actually, you, you, in grafting, the nice thing is you'll see usually within two weeks. Yeah, no, what I mean is that it takes a year to do it again. You know what I mean? Like you oh, to be able to do it again. Well, <laughs> it actually, that's why chance. I said if you take 10 branches, yeah. and that's the nice thing about the spring. If you did it, let's say, early May and you graft, and you see two weeks later, your whole piece that you grafted is all dried up. Doesn't matter. Take that, like you grafted it here onto a, Onto a, onto a rootstock. So just come back, cut that rootstock lower and go get another piece from the fridge and put it down, you know, down lower here. Right. So, so that's a nice thing is try to come back and regraft. So you always have more than one window in the season. So you have a spring okay. grafting, uh, which like I say, I've done as far as late June. Wow. That's not ideal because if you do it late June, you hardly have, you don't have any growth on it. <laughs> like it doesn't grow that year. It settles in and it attaches, right. but the buds basically 
if they pop, they pop and they get dormant right away. Uh, and then you have uh, summer grafting, which is August and September. Mm. But that's using a one bud or chips of bud and so on. Right. So it's, it's not that complicated if you just try it. So I would say tee up a video yes. and just do a step-by-step -step with somebody. And yeah. you'll go, oh, like the, the video that I put out, the girls, I showed them how to do it, the interns we had. And they did, I think it was about 50 trees. We had about 50 rootstock. And we got about a 20% success on them, which is a little lower than what a first timer normally gets. Uh, but with all the manipulation and the time to plant the trees out and so on, I understand why, you know, we didn't get quite the success rate. Usually somebody starting, if you get 50, be really happy. 50% mm -hmm. took then, hey, for a starter, that's, that's really good. Right. And with experience, like uh, one of my interns who did really all the trees for our nursery, he was getting 90 to 95% success rate, which is really good like out of 100 trees you'll get 90 or 95 trees first shot that catch so that's wow. but that comes with speed and practice so the faster you do it the higher your success is because right. the tr you know that little bud doesn't have a chance to dry right. it's like right. when you make a cut you know get cut you'll bleed for how long depends how bad the cut is but if you you know get a nick it'll bleed for 30 seconds and then all of a sudden it stops bleeding well, the same thing with a tree. When you make a cut, in 30 seconds, that cut might dry up so that then even if you put that graft on, it's too late. It's dried up. Oh. You have to cut it again. So yes. if you're too slow in doing it because you're learning, yes. then I say practice with some other ones oh. before you use the ones that are precious so yeah. that your speed gets a little faster. Because if it's you can do it in less than... Memory. Right. It, yeah, you're, you're just going through the motions. You try a few and you go, okay, now I'm ready. Now I can cut into my precious little shoot from my plum tree that I'm trying to save. Yeah, don't try that one the first, you know, the first graft you ever do because that's really precious piece of wood. Right. Yeah, that, that's very good advice. That's uh, the, the thing not to do. That's exactly what I did. Uh, so. <laughs> no, that's how you learn. Yes, exactly. We learn best by mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, we've got two more questions. They're both from the same guy, Howard Vessels. Um, he says, uh, do you have a rule of thumb for judging when an apple tree branch may be overextending itself away from the main trunk of the tree to the point that it may be in danger of becoming overloaded with fruit and breaking? He says, uh, I sometimes cut back perfectly good branches to a strong fork because I'd rather err on the side of caution. Overextended? I, I would say no. As long as that branch is not going to lie on the ground, then go keep it. I mean, it's good. As long as, like I say, keep the integrity. So keep those, you know, keep branches. You And just like he said, you know, your fingers, you've got a little bit of space between your fingers. So you want a little bit of space between the branches. So you might have to cut if there's something in there. Um, but the other thing I'd say is to, you know, he's saying he's talking about a branch that's leaning far from the trunk and is loaded with fruit, which is a great thing. That means your branch angle is really good if you get that much fruit. So I, I would say in that case, just do the extinction part, which is everything underneath. 
Because what happens is the same as, and this is what Lespinas explains, you know, he's, he watched the branch and so he'd have the trunk and he has the branch growing like this to start. And when that branch coming off the trunk has its first fruit load, it goes from this to whoop, this. And the second year, whoop, that branch is, you know, maybe horizontal. And the third year, it's below horizontal. Well, for the rest of its life, that branch is going to be there and will never sucker, will be super easy. So if you start messing with your branch to, uh, you know, just, I, I think it's too far, don't worry about it. Far is not a problem unless, I don't know, maybe he, maybe where it's going, it's, it's blocking something. Well, that's another goal. That's just a question of, you know, the tree may have been put uh, in a space that's too small for it. That's another whole other thing. Yeah. But usually let that branch grow as it's going to grow. Clear out what's underneath because a branch, what it'll do is just as it'll do on the trunk, it will do on that branch. So that branch is, is growing. And then you have a little shoot where it's producing. That little shoot after a couple of years is down here. And right. eventually it's in the, it's in the angle where it's below the branch and that's the ones you want to take off. So there's naturally a rotation of small branches on a branch. Right. If that helps. I think it does. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, last question. Uh, same guy, Howard Vesper says, <laughs> uh, uh, during your appearance last year on Greg's podcast, you were asked about how to properly prune a russet apple tree. I should have emailed you in advance about this. Um, you said that was a question you couldn't answer because you hadn't figured it out yet yourself because russets are tip bearing. I, he says, I have two russets and I wondered if, uh, if you got any, um, any uh, advice on that now. Uh, I'm starting to uh, prune next week, he says, so uh, um, I'm planning on doing very little pruning on the russets this year if I can't do it right. Yeah, actually this year's a good year because last year I hadn't had much experience with them because they weren't producing very much. So because they're tip bearing, what I found was russets grow very vertically. The branches are really not in the right angle. Like I want to mm -hmm. have branches that are below, but russets put out this fairly skinny branch that will go very far out. But when they do produce just a few fruit on the tip and they're tip bearing, so just a few fruit on there. And that took a lot of branches that were like this in one season, now they're they're actually below horizontal so i would say just be patient russets take a while to properly produce and when they have one big year the fruit load will pull the branches so the angle will change and it was like wow this year it was really nice to see and now i look at the, the tree in the spring and all that i thought i should intervene i didn't and this is really in this block where I don't prune. And because I didn't prune, I was able to watch that tree grow. And I was getting concerned because the tree was getting big and all, so many of the branches were very vertical. But that completely settled out. The tree has, has really opened up on its own just under the weight of fruit. So be patient with russet when they produce. If you haven't bothered that branch, <laughs> that's, that's the important thing. If you haven't touched it, because every time you make a cut on a branch, you actually stiffen that branch. So imagine you have this thing and you say, oh, I think this one's, so you take that one off 
well, you're stiffening that branch. So now when it produces, instead of going from there to below horizontal, it's gonna go down a bit, but it's locked. Right. So that's why I say, and, and really, you know, go see that video because it's so important. Leave the branch. Don't mess with the branch. The branch knows what it's going to do and knows what it needs to do. And so that's why it's so nice. And I, I suggest you do that, Greg. Don't touch your tree because it's really nice to watch a tree evolve without intervening. Right. And if you have a whip, you have a great opportunity to watch that happen. Right. And that block was planted in... 2009 so it's 10 years after i planted those russets it took 10 years for that tree it's produced before it produced for a few years but it never produced such a big load that now that load of fruit has really opened up the branches so right. sometimes you know be patient don't think oh i gotta get in there and that was my and i know because another block i did get in there and we had a lot of fruit, but not as much as the ones that I never pruned. And the ones that I had done some pruning, the branches didn't open up as much. Right. So not pruning them would have been the better situation. It's just, it just bent itself into shape on account of its own fruit. Exactly. And that's what the tree should normally do. Right. Fruit, is, fruit is a great tool to train the branches. Right. Well, so my takeaway from this, other than to watch that video <laughs> and to watch your, um, your grafting video, uh, is to uh, focus on chimneys and, yep. uh, and, and everything sort of goes from there. And if, you know, there's, if there's any pruning you, you would want to do to a tree to help the tree, the chimney is going to help the tree in a lot of ways. Anything else you might be interfering with what the tree is trying to do. Yep. Is that chimney, chimney and the extinction. So if you say, I'm still not sure, which is the first step is chimney. And the third step is the branches that are left. You just, you take everything off underneath. Oh, just do underneath those here. two. Right. And like you go, I'm not sure about taking off branches. Leave them. If you do those two, things will already happen. You'll have a lot more fruit and they'll be a lot bigger right off the bat. Right. So yeah, it's funny how hands off or nearly hands off will have a bigger effect sometimes than actually getting in there. Because often if you don't know what to do, uh, you're more likely to do more harm than good. I know because I killed about 150 trees in our orchard <laughs> because I didn't know exactly. I mean, I started off, I didn't know anything. I, 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 I didn't know anything about fruit trees. And I thought, okay, how do you cut a tree? How do you prune? Well, you take the branch off. Well, where do you take it off? Well, that makes a big difference. So I kind of took the chainsaw and went right down along the trunk. And I have a lot of those apple trees, the ones that survived, uh, are great for having nest holes for chipmunks and, and birds. Yes. Because yeah. I actually took off the branch collar and the tree rotted on the inside and right. the others all died. But so... <laughs> Yeah, there are a few things you want to get from the beginning. Well, it's good I did this interview today, and, and it's good that uh, it was a, a weekday because we, we had a, a big snowstorm uh, last night, and then today uh, it snowed in the morning, but then it was like beautiful and sunny in the afternoon. I mean, like around zero. Um, and it's just the kind of day, if it was a Saturday, I wasn't at work, 
uh, I would have been out there doing something. <laughs> I well, do have I one have one tree that's uh, it sort of sh it shades the uh, uh, north side of my garden, and it's just uh, some sort of a wild choke cherry tree on the outside of the garden. And I do, and there's one right next to it. I, there's about three of those choke cherry trees, and I don't use them for anything, but I prune them first. Um, just to, to keep them uh, short so they don't cast shade, but also just to practice pruning. So uh, this year I'm going to maybe practice grafting on one of those as well. Uh, yep. But uh, you know, I've watched them too, watch how they respond to it. That sort of thing. I think they're, they're some kind of choke cherry or sand cherry. I don't know what exactly they are. Um, but uh, yeah, that's those trees would have got it today if I was home. And if, uh, if I'd gotten a bit of, uh, you know, whoop, I had a steam. Uh, I probably would have uh, turned to the apple trees and started doing some damage. So, <laughs> well, go ahead and do the chimneys. You know, that's a good yes. thing to get to get the desire out, and yes. you really can't do harm by clearing a chimney. So, yeah. that's a, it's a good one to attack at the first one. That's great advice. Well, it's great having you on again. Uh, thank you for coming back this year and being on the show. Um, everyone watching, uh, if you want to help support the show. Uh, check out my sponsor, Vessi Seeds. Use the coupon code GAVS20 if you want to get uh, free shipping. The details are in the description box. Um, if you like the show and you want to support it, buy what you need from them. And uh, if you need something and they sell it, buy it from them, and that'll help support the show. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, keep watching. Check out my YouTube channel. Check out the, uh, Stefan's YouTube channel. It's a fantastic. Check out that movie, that film, if you haven't seen it. The permaculture, permaculture orchard. It's, it's very. Um, I know I was inspired when I watched it. That's uh, I saw it out sometimes because I'd seen that. Oh, okay. yes. it's, it's Zoom English. is showing you. It's okay. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. So it's and I, I put links to that um, where they can go and uh, I guess purchase it. Um, it's a really inspiring film, and Stefan's just such an engaging guy, sort of thing. So you watch that movie. You're gonna to want to have. Uh, you're just gonna to want to start planting uh, apple trees and every other kind of tree. Uh, you know, it's just gonna inspire you to want to do it. And you'll you'll get that sort of really inspiring people. They make you think you can do it. And that's uh, a film like that. So uh, everyone, thanks for watching. I really enjoyed uh, uh, doing this with you, Stefan. Stefan, thank you for coming on the show. I'm, I'm very pleased. Thanks for having me, Greg. Okay. I would just add if somebody, because that's for planting the orchard, but if they are going to start or, or they have some trees like you have, before, just, just to be kind to the tree, before you do anything, uh, you can go to pruningcourse.com. It says try the demo and just watch that first video, or you can go through the YouTube channel and see how to prune fruit trees. Look at that first video because before you touch the tree, you'll, it, it'll save you heartache and headache down the road. Right. It, it really is a great place to start. Right. All right, everyone. Till next time, get out there, get at it, have fun in your garden. Stefan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Greg. Bye, everyone.